There are no perfect marriages because we all have our struggles, we all have our problems. But we always have to come back to the teaching of the Word of God. You know what the big thing is always? People don't want to submit to the Word of God. They don't want to submit to God. And that's what it takes. It takes for you to die to yourself so there can be life in you. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We're glad to have you with us today for a special broadcast as Rawl and his wife Sharon team up to encourage you in your marriage. You know, their early years together were very rough. Rawl wasn't a believer and he nearly destroyed their relationship, but Sharon, by the grace of God, kept trusting in the Lord. We hope you'll stay with us to reflect on the power of prayer, hope, and submission as you surrender your marriage to God. Let's listen as Raul Reese begins. The Pharisees were talking to Jesus and they were quoting from Moses. But Genesis was before Moses. And it was a place where Genesis was not only the establishment of marriage before the law of God, And that's why Jesus refers to the beginning of all things. Because the Pharisees were going by rules and regulations that they had made up for themselves. They were copying uh, the actual uh, Hillel and Shimei. Those that were the liberals and those that were uh, the rabbis of the time. And they were saying, some would say, well, you know what? Not You can't divorce your wife only because of fornication. And then the other one would say, well, you can marry your wife and then divorce her for any impurity. And so Jesus said, well, no, it's not right. Because the only way you can divorce your wife, notice, he says that Moses allowed it. Because of the hardness of your heart. That's why he allowed it. It was never so from the beginning. So he takes you back to Genesis chapter 2. Where God established in the garden of Eden. With Adam. True marriage. Let me read it. What he says beginning with verse 18. He says. And then the Lord God said. It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper. Comparable to him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every bird of the air, and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called every living creature, that was his name. And so Adam gave names to all the cattle and the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper comparable to him. Twice he says that she was to be a helper. Notice that. And then again, And then the rib which the Lord God had taken from Adam, he made a woman and he brought her to the man. And he said, this is not bones of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of men. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined or glued unto his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. Now, this is what was taught 
by God himself at the beginning. And this is what Jesus also taught in the New Testament. But it seems that people find excuses like the Pharisees today to literally divorce their wives or to divorce their husbands. And yet the true meaning of marriage and divorce is only through adultery. You see? And that's really hard for people to receive. Because in the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 5 of Matthew, verse 31 and 32, Jesus said it there too. And one of the things that we consider today because of the internet, that being in the internet and watching pornography or checking out pornography movies, videos or CDs, whatever it is, it is considered adultery. You already committed adultery for your wife or your husband because you're what? You're partaking in a play and something that is not real and you're watching and you're enticing yourself, and you're tempting yourself, and you're going through the motions, it's like having another woman. You see? And this is something that is really destroying hundreds and thousands of men. I speak to a lot of men's fellowships. And always when I'm sitting with men, and I'm talking to men, it is amazing while every eye is closed, every head is bowed, how many men raise their hands that they are in pornography. In pornography. And is destroying their marriage. Because what happens is that that man, whatever he's viewing, he wants his wife to go ahead and do the same things. And that wife doesn't have to do anything with that man. That is not right before the eyes of the Lord. You cannot force your husband or your wife to do anything that is not biblical. And this is something that is destroying and consuming marriages. And then there's another problem where men or women in the workforce or going to college and they don't seem to like each other and they're having difficulties in their marriage. And they find someone to communicate with. First of all, you should not communicate with another woman if you're a man. And if you're a woman, you should not communicate with another man. Because what happens is you're going to get yourself in trouble. Because those that give you an ear sometimes are not the right people to talk to. You see? You have to be careful. And we've seen it. We've seen guys and girls that fall in love through counseling with the counselor or somebody else. You see? So you have to really be careful how you treat these things. I'm not an expert in marriage, number one. I'm learning every day of my life. But I do believe the scriptures. And I do want to live by the scriptures. And so what I've done is I call my wife to come up here and kind of share with you guys just a little bit. She can share her heart. Because she married a very difficult situation. It was not a normal marriage. She was brought up in the mission field. She was a missionary. And she was a Christian. She backslid. And in high school, uh, she messed up out of high school. And she paid the consequences. And she can tell you today, she still pays the consequences because of sin. So I'm going to have her come out and share with you guys. Sharon, come on out. (laughs) Well, I didn't want to do this. 
And I woke up this morning saying, I'm just not going to do it. I'm just going to tell him I'm not going to do it. And um, then I thought, what woman in the Bible was asked to do something and didn't do it? What happened to her? And it was Queen Vashti, and she was kicked out of the kingdom. So <laughs> I decided I better come up here. So I just asked him five minutes ago, what do you want me to share? Okay, so I'm going to just share a few things. I'm not an expert either. God's the expert on marriage. As you know, marriage was God's idea. The Bible starts with marriage. It starts with him creating a man and a woman and bringing them together because he thought that was a great thing. And he loves marriage so much that the whole Bible is a marriage. It talks about Jesus, the Son of God, who's going to come, and he's going to... um, die, give his life for his bride, the church. And Jesus does that. The whole Old Testament talks about Jesus coming as a groom to give his life for his bride. And he gives us the greatest example on the love that a man should have for a woman. And it's interesting how many of us go in for counseling all the time. What do I do about my marriage? The whole Bible is the manual of marriage. Jesus comes to the earth. He's spit upon, he's laughed at, he's mocked, he's, he's uh, crucified for his bride. He's humiliated, he's humbled, he's ridiculed for his bride. And he's hanging on the cross with his arms stretched out. He can't even move, he's stuck, all beaten up, and he's doing it for his bride. And he looks down at his bride, and even his best friends aren't there except for John the Beloved and his mother and a few women that loved him. And... He says, Father, forgive them. This is my bride. Forgive her. I love her. And I'm going to give my life for her so that she'll stand clean. Because my bride's never going to be perfect. She's always going to be sinning. So I'm just going to give my life for her. I'm just going to die so that she'll be perfect. And so I can marry her someday. And I can spend eternity with her. And then we finish the Bible with Revelation. And you see Christ coming back to receive his bride, that bride that sinned, that spit upon him, that uh, made fun of him, that plucked his beard out, and he grants her her robe, and the robe is the robe of righteousness. It's clean, it's white, it's spotless, it's pure. It's a robe that he grants to her, he gives to her, and he makes her perfect and beautiful, and then he spends eternity with her. That's the story of marriage. God created it. It's his idea. And he set down all the rules. And you can look up the scriptures, and I've looked many of them up. I've written them up, and I put them on Raul's desk once in a while so he can read them. (laughs) They talk about being one flesh. They talk about being joined. They talk about that the bride is his companion, and yet the man has been treacherous with her and dealt evil with her. They talk about that she's his helpmate. They talk about that they're joint heirs together of the grace of God. And yet we have so much trouble in marriage because it's such a God thing. And Satan hates it. Satan wants to destroy marriage. And the answer to any marriage is obedience to God's word on marriage. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. 
Don't forget, we're here to help you honor the Lord as you walk with Him in faith and obedience. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 for Bible-based resources. You can also email Rawl personally at PastorRawl at SomebodyLovesYou.com. Now back to more of today's program. The Bible puts it very plain. Husbands, love your wife. How? As Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. How? As Christ loved the church and he gave himself for her. And he provides for her that garment when she doesn't have it. And it says, wives, uh, submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. How? As unto the Lord, like you would to the Lord, to the perfect husband. The chain of command is the father. And Jesus came in submission to the Father, and man is to submit to Jesus, and the woman is to submit to the man, and the children to the parents. But we don't do it. And yet, the sun and the moon and the stars, they all do it. They were thrown out in their orbit. The sun stays in his orbit all over the world. And he doesn't say, the earth is not doing the right thing. And so the sun moves, and the earth freezes to death. Or the sun moves closer, and the earth burns to death. No, the sun stays in his orbit. And the, the earth, as the wife, rotates around the sun. And the moon, as the children, rotate around the one. And they all stay in their orbit. And even the ants do. I have millions of ants at my house. And they all just do what God told them to do. Go out and get food. But we are so stubborn. If you don't submit, I won't love you. If you don't love me, I won't submit. The Bible says, repent and follow God's principles on marriage. Uh, I married a non-believer. I blew it. I got away from the word of God. Well, tell me to share this. And it's 2 Corinthians 6. And it says, Be ye not unequally yoked with a non-believer, for what fellowship has light with darkness? The Bible said it very clear. 6.14, for all you singles, or all those of you who already got married and you blew it and you're wondering why everything went wrong, well, this is why. It says, Do not be unequally yoked. 2 Corinthians 6.14, together with the unbeliever, which is what I did. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? What is the matter with our marriages? There's one person that's righteous and one that's, that's lawless. Or maybe we're both lawless. None. What communion has light with darkness? None. What accord has Christ with Belial or with an idol? None. What part has the believer with an unbeliever? None. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? And I was the temple of God when I married Raul. I had Jesus in my heart. None. For you are the temple of the living God. And God says, I will dwell in them, and I will walk among them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. So he makes it very, very clear that we are not to be with non-believers. Well, I was married to a non-believer, and Raul became abusive, and there was just no fellowship at all. I was going to church. He was out partying or going with his friends or whatever. And... I had to figure out, what am I going to do now? God has all these rules on marriage, which don't even pertain to me because I already blew it, number one. And the Lord just showed me, I have to do what God told me to do in my marriage or be that earth and rotate around the sun and do what I'm called to do, which is to be joined with him, to love him, to uh, be a a companion, his friend, whether he liked it or not. Uh, I needed to do my part. But there was one thing I needed to do above all, and this is the answer. And that is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all that is within you, we're to love the Lord our God. If my husband doesn't love God, I will love the Lord my God. 
if my husband treats me rotten, I will love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my strength, with everything that is within me. I will love the Lord my God, and I will love his word, and I will fear the Lord. The scripture says to fear the Lord is to hate evil, and to fear the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of God is to hate evil. It's to hate sin. It's to hate the very thought of disobeying one word on marriage. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. The fear of the Lord is to love his commandments. Psalm 119, read that, write that down. Uh, You ladies out there, read Psalm 119, what the word of God is. So we need to obey God, regardless of whether anybody else is obeying God. Obeying God. Does that mean we put up with abuse? God hates abuse. Did you know that a forward mouth, which means a filthy, dirty, angry mouth, is an abomination to God? And yet, how many of us have dirty mouths at home? We all had a dirty mouth at home. It's an abomination to God. I didn't have to love what was an abomination to God. I didn't have to love his forward mouth. I didn't have to put up with it. I didn't have to have my children put up with it. Because there's another commandment in Deuteronomy 6. It says, train up your children in the ways they should go. As a woman, I'm commanded to train up my children in the way they should go. God seeks a godly heritage. That's why he made marriage. So when you put all the scriptures together, and there's many, many, many of them, and I'm not doing the Bible study tonight where all is, I'm told that I'm to train up my children in the way I should go. If Raul didn't want to go God's way, the Bible says, let, let him depart. Let him do his own thing. But I'm going to love the Lord my God, the first commandment. I'm going to train up my children in the way I should go and let God take care of Raul. And for those of you women and men who aren't loved, I talked to a man last week who his wife's leaving him. She doesn't love him anymore. Isaiah 54 is really good for you because it says there that your husband is your maker or your wife is your maker. The Lord of hosts is his name. The Lord of armies. The Lord over all the armies, the evil spirits as well as the beautiful godly angels. The Lord of hosts is his name. Who's my husband? The Lord of hosts is his name. That was my husband. When Raul didn't want to be my husband, the Lord of hosts was my husband. And I have several friends that are divorced and some separated. The Lord of hosts is their husband. And if you're a husband who's rejected by your wife, the Lord of hosts can be your wife. He can be your companion. He can be your strength. He can be your helpmate. He can be everything you want him to be. So to me, the most important thing is loving the Lord my God, with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul, coming to church, bringing my children to church, serving him regardless of what that mate wants to do. But there came a time when Raul was getting very abusive and I was just going to leave because I had to think of another responsibility I had and that was to bring up my children in the ways of the Lord. And he was bringing perversion into the house and anger and wrath and things that are an abomination to God. And then my children would have been abusers and wrathful and angry and God-haters. And I needed to obey that. So we can't help what our spouses don't want to obey. But we can obey all that God has put in front of us. And that's all that I have to share with you. So we'll come and do the study now. I have done my deed. I will not get kicked out of the kingdom. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Can you a microphone? How does a woman, because in a marriage relationship, when there's physical, verbal abuse, whatever, the first thing that, is, that happens when you separate, 
immediately Satan brings someone to that woman and women are very emotional. How do you take care of that problem? Well, again, you obey God. I mean, you can't go off with another guy. That doesn't mean you don't have feelings and emotions. But women, do not ever make a decision when you're emotional. Never. You will be so sorry. Do not make it wait till you're calm about any kind of a decision. But obviously, you're never going to disobey God because God is God. I mean, God's ways are perfect. If you walk with him, whether you're alone or single or married or divorced, you will have an awesome life. I have five divorced friends. They are all, because of the husbands walking away with other women, they are all serving the Lord full-blown and have incredible lives with the Lord. And I have guy friends, I know men, that Roland and I know, that are being used in an incredible way that their wives have walked away from them. You never disobey God. Never. It's just not an option to disobey God. Yeah. It's just not an option. Let's give a hand to that. <laughs> never disobey God. Yeah. In anything. You don't pick and choose the little scriptures you're going to obey and the ones you're not going to obey. What do you do in a situation where the husband says to the wife, you can't go to church? You can't bring up your children the way of the What Lord. did I say to you? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I used to get knocked around every Sunday because I yeah. said, I'm going to church. I'm going to church with my church. Oh, you're not submitting to me. I said, well, I guess I'm not. I'm submitting to God. I'm going to church. I worship the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul. And he will set me free. Yay! <laughs> and Ralph said, hey, she's having a good time with her God. I think I'll follow. <laughs> no, the thing, the situation that her and I had is that the Lord would show her things. And this is what's cool about it. When, when a woman submits herself to the Lordship of Christ, I would come home sometimes, and a couple of times I came home, and the Lord already has shown her in a dream exactly what I had done that night. And I thought she had a detective following me. How God spoke to her. Seriously. And it was amazing how God is the one that began to speak to my heart. And at the same time, all of the verbal and the physical abuse it will affect your children. And so you have to really be careful that when it comes to the husband or the wife affecting the children, your children are your disciples. You don't want to destroy them. And it comes maybe sometime where if the husband or the wife doesn't really want to be the godly person, that there comes a time instead of divorcing that you separate from that person to save your children. Especially if it's an ungodly person. Because what happens is that if you put up with that, you're liable for your children. And what happens many times is that we have these husbands, they will bring in pornography into the house, or they'll drink in the house and bring in their friends into the house. And what happens is the children are watching everything that is going on, and then the abuse of the wife takes place, and the husband feels like, hey, she has to submit to all this. You never, ever have to submit to any violence, or to any verbal or physical abuse, you see? And one of the things that I see, is that a lot of times, that the reason that the husband is not the head of the home, then the wife has to take over the home. Because she's following the Lord, like she said, you have to obey God above anybody else. God has to be first in everything that we do. And let me say it, there are no perfect marriages because we all have our struggles, we all have our problems. 
But we always have to come back to the teaching of the word of God. You know what the big thing is always? People don't want to submit to the word of God. They don't want to submit to God. And that's what it takes. It takes for you to die to yourself so there can be life in you. Because if you have pride and you're sitting up there and you're trying to rule your house with authority and violence, it will never work. It will never work and God will never honor you. We hope you found comfort and hope in Rawl and Sharon's seasoned perspectives on marriage. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Rawl Reese. To review this marriage interview with Rawl and Sharon, call 800-634-9165. We'll send you an unedited copy for a gift of $5 or more. As you consider the healing God can do in your marriage and commit to trusting Him with your future, we'd like to tell you about two inspiring books. Rawls' book, Fury to Freedom, shares the powerful story of God's life-changing work in his heart, transforming him from a man ruled by rage to a devoted disciple of Christ. Sharon's book, My Husband, My Maker, shares the moving account of how God walked with her through the dark early years of her marriage to a place of redemption and renewal. We're offering this set of two books for just $20 plus shipping and handling. To place your order for these uplifting titles from Rawl and Sharon, visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. That's 800-634-9165. Or you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. This is a listener-supported ministry, and we thank you for partnering with us. Your donations are a great blessing, and every contribution you make is tax-deductible. Tune in next time for a new series in the book of Acts. As you consider the amazing gift of God's Holy Spirit and explore His empowerment of the earliest believers, you'll find inspiration to follow the Lord in His perfect plans for your life. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.